Hello. Welcome to another Accountable Love podcast where love means being accountable. My name is Aziz. And today we're going to discuss the four fundamental pieces to a functional village. Now, if you listen to past podcasts or, you know, you have taken the journey with us, Love is a Group Journey, and you have listened to this podcast, the Accountable Love podcast, then you know that we're all about building villages. We're all about connecting our friends with our spouse, with our kids, making sure that everybody's working in unison. But we also want to give you the tools necessary to build your village, because if you understand different roles that you need to have around you, different personalities that make a functional village, it will flow a little better. And everybody will understand their role and the purpose they play in your life. Because again, we mentioned this in prior podcasts, but without purpose, your relationships are not going to have meaning. You need purpose. You need to understand why you're there. You need to understand why you're in a person's life. A lot of people just go with the flow. A lot of people just go off how they feel. A lot of people just you know, join relationships because it benefits them, not because they want to benefit others. So you have to have a functional village. You have to have purpose. You have to have, you know, things in place that allow us to flourish as a unit. So we're going to discuss the four functional roles of a, or four, four fundamental roles of a functional village. The first one is the leader. Now, a lot of people like to say we all can be leaders, we all can inspire, we all can motivate, but not everybody is comfortable doing it. Not everybody believes that that is their purpose on earth. Some people just want to assist the leaders. Some people want to you know, do everything behind the scenes. Other people don't even want the responsibility of leadership. Leadership is a responsibility, but it's also something that's born in us, something that we as leaders want in our lives. We as leaders want the order of everything and we want to organize everything. We want to make sure everything is flourishing. And we take on the role because it's ours to it's ours to take. So obviously I'm speaking as Iowa. I ours to take because, you know, I tend to be the leader in the village I'm in. And I assume that role. But when you're dealing with leadership, you're the one that's probably the one that constructed the beliefs, you constructed the ideals, you constructed, you know, how the village will will flourish, but you actually sat everybody down and you empowered everybody to have an opinion on how we're going to actually allow this to flourish. So you collect all ideas, you call the meetings, you make sure that everybody's on the same page at all times. As a leader, it's a fundamental piece. It's not the end all be all. It's not just because you're the leader, people are going to follow you. What it means is that you are a person that honors the responsibility of the making sure the group flourishes as a unit. You honor how the group flourishes. You honor the agreements, making sure the agreements are that's in place are being honored. You're a person that reminds everybody of the purpose and what's the goals and what's the destination. You're the person that keeps everybody in line. You're the person that understands a little bit about everybody's role. So you can remind them how to, you know, basically and empower them to basically flourish in their roles. Leadership is not all about speaking all the time. It's not all about 
you know, coming together all the time. It's not all about, you know, yelling and screaming all the time. It's about understanding when to push and when to pull, when to carry and when to be carried. You have to be vulnerable as a leader as well. You have to let everybody in on what's going on. You have to keep everybody updated on where you at emotionally, where you at physically and what's going on with you. Because the other roles actually are there to assist the leader as well. So when you have a leader in your life, you typically go to them for problem solving. You typically go to them to get back on track. They're more of a spiritual understanding. They're probably a lot more, a lot less hands-on and a lot more mental. They deal with the concepts. They are conceptual thinkers. So I want y'all to look at, look around you and really just identify who's the leader. And understand that that's just a role. That's just the role they play in your life. And it's okay for them to play that role in your life because they keep everything in order. They organize it in a sense of concept. They keep you focused on where you're going and they push you when you need to be pushed and they pull you when you need to be pulled. So understand a leader is a person who probably will be on top of you to get you to be your best at all times. They're not going to let you settle for less than being your best. So that's the role of a leadership or a leader because everybody has a leadership role, but it's the role of a leader. The next one is the protector. Now, we all know our protectors. They're the ones that probably are security. They're quality assurance. They make sure everything is running smooth, just like the leader, but they're in between because they protect the leader from any threats that's coming towards the village, any threats that's coming at the leader. You know, because typically when you have a leader, everybody's attacking your leader and telling you, you know, you don't need to follow them. You need to do what they say. You don't need to do that. The protector is like, it's, it's a choice. I'm choosing to follow because this person is qualified for me to follow. This person is qualified for me to be in a life. And they're typically quality assurance. They're making sure the other roles and everybody else is doing their job. At the same time, they tend to be the more outspoken the person that is going to check you, the person that is a lot more straightforward. They're not dealing in politics. They're, you know, straight to the point. And they make sure that everybody, all the threats are neutralized. They don't want any threats in the village. They don't want any threats circling, circling the village. Now, where they can go wrong sometimes is they may scream when they don't need to scream. They may yell when they don't need to yell. They can be very, very... Um, emotional, meaning they have a great understanding of concepts and the way that they do things. They're a lot more black and white. That's why they get along with the leader, because the leader has to be black and white. But they, the leader also understands that you have to turn gray into black and white. The protector typically doesn't understand why people are so disorganized or why they are thinking outside the box versus you know, making sure that they are black and white, making sure that they are doing what they need to do, making sure that they have some type of understanding of where they're going instead of just living linear or living in the spiritual existence. So they have a hard time being vulnerable and expressing their emotions because typically emotions are not what they're working towards or what they're strong at, expressing themselves, being vulnerable. Why? Because they're the protector. They're always in protect mode. So sometimes the leader has to explain to them, take a step back, you know, look at what's going on, look at everything that's happening, 
They have to get them outside because anger is their chosen emotion. So when they're angry, they lash out. So the leader always has to reel them back in and let them know, okay, if when there's no threat, we don't have to attack. <laughs> we, we don't have to go that hard. You know, we don't have to blow up things. So the protector is typically on, on point. They typically understand what's going on because they are neutralizing threats as they come. But at the same time, they're so much in that heightened mode or they're so much in that black and white because they are neutralizing threats and there should be no gray in neutralizing threats. So they are in that black and white mode. And in doing that, they don't really allow themselves to be vulnerable. And it's hard to sometimes they could disconnect. Sometimes they could be self come off self-centered, but really they're just trying to neutralize threats and protect the whole. And if you understand why they're doing what they're doing, you understand why they're not approachable at times is because they're constantly looking around at threats. You know, this is the person that you walk down the street with and they can see every, they can point out every last threat that's in the, in, in the vicinity. They're always on guard. So it's not to be confused with the nurturer because a protector is typically physically trying to make sure that no harm is coming to the group. So when you have a protector, they cover all your blind spots on that area. Now we have the nurturer. Now the nurturer is the person that's probably not as black and white. They don't understand some of the black and white thinking. They're typically gray thinkers, right? But they're there to make sure that they nur nurture everybody emotionally. They make sure that they're constantly talking about people's emotions, constantly making sure that people are in the right headspace. They're constantly making sure that, you know, when you need something to eat, you eat. And when you need something, you know, when you physically need anything, they're going to take care of it. You need to go get a massage. You need to. These are the people in your life that always make sure that you're in the best standings emotionally and, and physically. Right. So they're always asking you questions. They're very in tune, but they're task oriented. So sometimes they're not as in the person as you would like. Because they're so task oriented. There are people that look out for you, care for you, are very sweet at times. But somehow when it's time to have like deep discussions or sit in one spot, they don't sit in one spot because they're constantly on the go. They're constantly, you know, trying to make sure that everybody's OK, trying to make sure everybody's getting their needs met and, and some of their wants met. You know, they're making sure that everything is working in unison. But they can, again, be task-oriented. So sometimes you have to dial them back. And typically the protector and the leader are like, sit down, relax, everybody's good. We now need your input. We now need you to give us an understanding of what's going on. They kind of trust the protector and the leader to do their role typically. But they have a, you know, they tend to get burnt out if somebody doesn't tell them to relax, take a deep breath, because it's in, it's in them. It's in them to move, it's in them to, try to help somebody is in them to try to make sure everything's okay is in them to try to make sure everybody's emotionally stable it's just in them but that's also the leader's role so now they make sure that they nurture the nurturer because the nurturer needs to be nurtured as well and they forget that sometimes they forget that they need to get some hugs and kisses they need you know to be taken care of they need to eat they need to you know rest they need to you know, kick back sometimes. So that's where the leader comes in. And sometimes your protector would do it for you too, because they can see that there's a threat. 
But if they don't see that you're in, in you're threatened or you're threatening them or there's a threat, they might not notice it because, you know, they tend to, again, they can be self-centered. And when you're nurturing them, as long as they're getting their needs met on that end, they're so busy looking at the threats, they do need somebody to nurture them. So the leader is looking over and making sure that the protector and the nurturer aren't um, burning each other out. So that's what it is to be a nurturer. You know, when you're a nurturer, you're thinking of everybody else and you can be burnt out. When you're a protector, you're just thinking of outside threats. You're not necessarily always thinking of inside threats. So you can be a little more emotionally inside and argue with a lot of people and disrupt things inside the, the, the unit because you're on high alert when you don't need to be. That's where the vulnerability comes in. A nurturer is typically in a good place indoors, in a good place, but they come off a little aloof when they're outside in public because people, you know, they want to help. They have a desire to help. So people can possibly take advantage of them, and that's where the protector comes in and makes sure that that threat gets neutralized and let the um, nurturer know, listen, this person doesn't need your help. You need to move forward. This person's not good for you. This person is not going to help the, help benefit the unit. Keep it moving. You know, you don't need to help everybody, but it's in their nature to do so. So that sometimes they need to be reminded that, you know, a nurturer needs to be reminded that they need support as well. They need to relax and gain support to recharge their batteries. But they are naturally people who want to nurture. So the fourth, the fourth and final um, role of a functional village is the manager. Now, the manager, unlike the nurturer, they are organizers. So they make sure your schedule's on point. They make sure that, you know, everybody gets to where they need to go on time. They make sure any events, they make sure everything is covered, a checklist is covered. So the manager tends to take over when it comes to events, when it comes to making sure everybody makes appointments, when it comes to you know, not, you know, everybody making sure that everybody stays on the schedule. That's planned. That's what helps the village function because outside of what naturally happens within the village, everybody's doing their own thing and doing their own tasks and doing their own, you know, uh, upholding their own roles. They need that manager to say, listen, we need to set, uh, we need to sit down, schedule something, make sure we're on the same page, make sure we're eating when we said we're going to eat, make sure we're, you know, make sure that we're um, getting, the, you know, getting to work on time. Make sure whatever it is, whatever it is you need to schedule. You know how you have a scheduler in your phone? This person is making sure you honor those schedules, making sure that you stay on point. They expect you to be where you say you're going to be. They expect you to be where you scheduled to be. And they're going to make sure that that's the case. They're also people that always, you know, they always have an extra pen. They always have an extra pencil. They always... You know, they always just have the things you need. Unlike the nurturer, they emotionally have the things you need. They make sure that you're nurtured food-wise, you know, hug-wise, emotionally and mentally. They're making sure that you're on point, but more emotionally. Where the manager comes through is they make sure that you have everything you need on a physical level. They make sure you have everything you need on a, you know, peace of mind level. They want to make sure that you, you know, if you have a dentist appointment, you're making a dentist appointment, they're going to call you. That's the person that calls you to let you know, are you leaving the house right now? 
they're going to make sure that everybody's on point. The leader typically is not doing that, right? The protector is typically not doing that because they're only looking at threats, right? The nurturer is typically not doing that because they're probably packing food, making sure all the food is together, making sure everybody's on point, making sure the trip is going to be something that's fulfilling emotionally, right? The manager is making sure that everything is running smooth. We're on time. We're getting out the house on time. We're, they're looking at the, you know, Google Maps, making sure that the seeing how long the ride is. Anything that you plan, seeing how, you know, going to the park early, if you have a barbecue, they're making sure that the permits are in place. They're making sure that you can actually barbecue in the place you're going to. They're making sure that we have all the chairs. We have, They are making sure everything is on point. Now, all of this functions, right? All this functions in a unit. And all of us need all of these roles because if you're missing one of those roles, then somebody's going to be burnt out from trying to fulfill that role. And if you take a step back and you think about it, if a leader is trying to be a protector at the same time, they're going to be burnt out because who's protecting the leader? The leader is the protect. The leader is the person with all your concepts. So if they snatch the leader, your concepts go with the leader because they have to remind you of where we're going, what we're trying to accomplish. They take your protector, then all the threats can just come in because typically, though a leader can protect. If they're only dealing conceptually, typically most of the time, they're the person that's kind of the dreamer. They're the person that I'm not going to say they're aloof, but they're dreaming of a better existence. They're just thinking of the better. How can we improve? They're optimists. So I'm not going to say the protector has to be a pessimist, but they have to be somewhat of a realist and see what's actual actually happening. So sometimes they need the leader to explain to them where they're going and see where they have to go and to see that they, this is this is something cap they're capable of doing something outside of themselves they're dealing with faith the protector is like no i'm dealing with what's being done now what's happening in this moment what can possibly happen going forward threat wise right so when you're looking at these things if a leader is doing that they lose some of their ability to be an optimist and an idealist and you need your leader to be an idealist. You need them to see further than everybody else. You need them to lay down the tracks so everybody knows where they're going. And people trust them to, to know that. They trust them to say, okay, we can't see where you're going. We can't see what you're talking about. But we believe in you enough to know that we're going to get there. And then you need the protector to actually, you know, make sure that you get there safely. Make sure everything's on point. Make sure that... Wherever we're going, we are going to be safe. And then when you deal with the nurturer, they're going to make sure you're emotionally, you're emotionally stable. If we need to talk, we need to get something together. The leader typically is going to do that. They're going to call a meeting. They're going to organize the meeting. But the nurturer is like something's going wrong with X, Y, and Z. Something, you know, they, they're, they're feeling everything. They are more empathetic. So they're like, I can see that this person's off. I can see this person's not having a great day. And then they alert, you know, the leader to let them know we probably need to have a discussion because though they're the nurturer and though they make sure they take care of the emotional part of it. As a leader, you're going to be the person that can put the concept in place to get them out of the situation. To end, right. So just because you're a nurturer don't mean you have the answers it just means that you're a person that's in tune with what this person may need in a moment or need emotionally. 
but they might need something a little more conceptually to move forward and not get put in that same emotional state, if you get what I'm saying. And now we have the manager who makes sure that the train is on time, you know, because we're talking about destination. It's a metaphor for where we're trying to be as a unit. You're making sure that everybody's on point. You're making sure that the appointments is all scheduled. You're making sure that if you're renting cars, they're all on point. If somebody else, the nurturer, has to do that, they're going to feel like they're doing too much. They're going to feel like they're off. If the protector has to do that, they're going to feel like they're off. So every last person has to have that role, honor that role, but they're going to feel comfortable in that role because they've been born to do it. So you shouldn't have to force people into those roles. When you meet that person, two leaders, can they exist? Yes. Do they typically exist? No. You know, they don't coexist as well because they're all leading their groups, right? Then we have a protector, right? The protectors typically don't want to be with another protector because then they get to see themselves always on point, always on edge, always. So tend, they tend to be fiery people. So two of them in one, in one place, you know, it can become very toxic. Not saying they can't coexist. Because also, if they understand they're protected, then they understand each other's role. They can't coexist. You could have two protectors if your village is big enough, right? But you have to have that role filled. And then you have your manager and then you have your nurturer, right? So you need all these roles so your village can flourish. And to understand why they flourish, you'll see clearly why everything operates and everything works in unison because nobody's worried about the other person's role. Nobody even cares about the other person's role because they know they was born to do this role and be this in somebody's life. And when they are not bothered in the role, in the role that they feel is their nature, is in their, within their nature, then you have less, it's a less likely or less likely of a chance that low self-esteem goes um, comes into your group. It's a less likely um, of a chance that there's envy within your group. There's less likely of a chance that People aren't communicating and now on the same page because we know who to listen to for certain things. If we have a threat coming, we know that the protector is explaining things to us. It's time for everybody to fall back. That's what leadership is. We're not talking about a leader. We're talking about leadership, meaning at that moment, the protector is the person that needs to be communicating with the group and needs to be the one that's bringing the group together to discuss something because there's a threat. The manager when it's time to manage, when it's time to get everybody on the same page and get everybody out the door and get everybody where they need to go on time, that's when the manager is leading, right? But it's a leadership role. They're not leading the group. They're not dealing in the overall concept of why we do this, why we're together, why we're a village. They're just dealing with getting us to where we need to go. Everybody needs to step back and listen to what the manager has to say. And follow the manager in that place, right? When it's time to be nurtured, you know, you're not good. You're not looking good. You're not on point. You might need to go to the doctor. You might need to talk to a therapist. You might need more support. A nurturer will identify that faster than most people. Why? Because they're paying attention to the emotional needs of everybody. They're, making sure, they're, they're used to making sure everybody's on point. Just like when they say they're raising kids. You raise kids, now me raising my child, I'm, I'm typically the leadership role, right? But I'm not paying attention when they sick. I'm like, oh, let's go to school. Like, you can push past it. And I need um, their mother to be like, 
What are you talking about? Let's go to the doctor first, make sure that he's on point. And then now he can flourish in school. So sometimes you have to take a step back and a nurturer tends to be the person that is well-equipped to deal with somebody's emotional needs, right? So that's an understanding, right? And then we have our manager, obviously. We just talked about that role that is making sure that everybody's staying together in unison. People are doing what they have to do, like you're at a wedding. People are sitting at the right tables. People are, you know, having a good time. Everything's set up. Everything's moving in a timely manner. These are the things you need all in your village. You have these four fundamental roles of a functional village. Everything will fall into place. But if you don't have these things, look around you and start to acquire them. Don't double up on these roles. Look for people that are going to fill those four roles. And there's going to be other people in your life. And they may fulfill other roles. But these are the four fundamental roles of a functional village. So you definitely need these roles. It's like a foundation of a house. You need these roles to fundamentally allow the house to flourish or to allow the house to stand, you know, to stand tall. You don't want your house to lean. You don't want your house leaning from one place to the next. It's the same with a, a functional village. You want everybody on point. And these people are, can be your friends. It could be two. Your leader could be a friend. And then you and your spouse could be a protecting a manager. And then your child can be a nurturer. However your village is, it can be small for people that you could depend on, that you truly know. Or it can be, you know, branch out and there's a lot of people that really don't have to have a big dominant role. And you know them four people that are like leadership within those roles. Doesn't mean everybody else doesn't have a voice. Doesn't mean everybody else can't be in a leadership role. But you know these people stand out because you can go to them for these particular roles and they fundamentally allow the whole unit to flourish. So if you have these fundamental roles, your village will definitely flourish and everything in between the village will function. It could be your, your, your spouse could be a leader, you could be a protector, and then you have a friend that's a manager and you have a friend that's a nurturer. However you construct it, we never tell you to stick to this is my husband and I keep my husbands away from my friends. Anybody that you can incorporate in your life and you got to keep everybody separate, you probably have an issue within your life. If you got to be one person with one group and another person with another group, you have an issue. There's a fundamental issue because people should be able to coexist as a whole, as one village, as one unit. And yes, things will happen. Things will occur that may be out of our control. But a true village, a true village that is fundamentally sound, where everybody understands their roles, they don't compromise the village. So they have discussions. Yes, we still have wants. We still have desires. But once we join a village, we do not want wants and desires that are going to hurt, right, our needs. That's going to hurt the strength of the village. So I want you to think about these four fundamental roles of a functional village the leader, the protector, the manager, the nurturer. And I want to see if you truly have these people in your life. And if you don't, start looking for these people within your life and start working as a unit. 
Don't listen to anybody that's telling you to do isolated things. Don't listen to anybody that's telling you to keep your circle too small. Make sure you have enough people. And we always say four or more in your life that y'all can stand back to back and y'all can see everything. North, south, east, and west. That's a functional village. And that's what makes us whole. Our ability to see through every angle because we have the right people in our life. This has been another Accountable Love podcast. My name's Aziz. And remember, listen, learn, and apply. All right, enjoy.